Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh, mercy! Five, four, three, two, one. The offseason continues, and so does the Mass and All Access podcast. Bobby Blanco with Paul Mancano back to start doing some position reviews for the 2018 Washington Nationals. Paul, how are you feeling week two of the offseason? I think both of us are a little under the weather. A little under the weather. It's kind of it's crazy because the weather hasn't gotten much cooler besides no. today. Today was like the first quote-unquote folly yeah. day. First like day. It's a beautiful fall day. Appropriate for boots and pumpkin spice lattes and such. Um, but yeah, we're both kind of been a little sick all week. And I, it was warm. I think part of it is uh, through the whole season, your immune system keeps you going just because of the adrenaline and every day you're working and you know the excitement of working games every day. And then after the season, it's like, I'm done. No, I'm out of here. It's also partially like we get used to the in-season sleep schedule. Yes. You know, getting to sleep in a little bit in the morning, but staying up well past midnight almost every night. Right. Covering games. And then now we're kind of, switching back to a nine to five ish type yep. hour schedule and it's like well i'm still staying up late but i'm waking up early yeah so getting kind of worn down but we must press on we must the podcast our scratchy voices must continue excuse our voices for today's episode um we've got some nationals baseball to talk with you as you head into the weekend and kick off the uh, championship league series starting yes. tonight with the nl um we'll touch on that a little bit later maybe at the end of the episode but for today we're kicking off a off-season-long series of reviewing positions by the Nationals. How do they perform? How do certain players perform in each position? Are there holes that need to be filled? Where can they find those players? Um, is it within the system, out system? Stuff like that. And today, we'll be starting with uh, the catcher and the first base position. So, Paul, let's start with the catcher. Obviously, Matt Wieters came into the season in the second year of his two-year deal. Yep. Picked up his player option after a pretty bad 2017. Yep. And um, you know what? He showed signs during spring training and even early in the season that he could have a decent year number-wise, but then injuries kind of set in and kind of derailed that. At 32 years old, I think he has definitely taken the brunt of whatever injuries have afflicted him throughout his career. He's 32 years old, played in just 79 games, struggled most of the year with injuries, including a hamstring injury that kept him out for months. Uh, I mean, he missed a lot of time this Close year. Close to 50 games with that hamstring injury, I yeah. believe. Um, so he, he missed a lot of time. Ended up hitting uh, 238, 330 on base, and 374 slugging. Not very high. Eight homers, 30 RBIs. Second half was definitely more encouraging than the first. Hit just 205 in the first half, and it looked like he might be even worse than he was in 2017 because 2017 Matt Wieders was not the guy I think that this front office was expecting. I think they expected to get somebody who, yes, would help with the veteran pitchers and would um, give them a good veteran catcher to throw to, but also would help a little bit at the plate, and he he gave them none of that uh, in 2017. 2018, 205 in the first half, 257 in the second half, so a little bit better, but still, Bobby, not what you were hoping to get out of your $21 million catcher. Right, and um, like you said, last year he hit just 225 in 20, 2017, by far the lowest single season in his career. Yeah. Hit 238. Um, this year, just slightly above his next worst season, yeah. so 
not really much offensively. I think when you look at Matt Wieters, yes, his strengths are behind the plate in terms of calling a game yeah. and helping out the starting pitcher. We've talked on this podcast before how much he helped Gio Gonzalez last year, how much he works well with uh, Max Scherzer. Yeah, Max and, loves him. And um, the starting pitchers like Steven Strasburg even. So, yeah, that's where his strength. Now maybe defensively outside of calling a game, you know, plays at the plate, stuff like that, throwing out base runners. He's definitely slipped off a little bit yeah. due to age. Um, but throughout 37% of would be base dealers, by the way, 37% right. caught stealing percentage, which is right around average, maybe a little, a tick below. Yeah. And, but then you go to the plate as a hitter, you know, it, over eight seasons was with Baltimore. He was a 256 hitter, which yeah. is pretty solid for a catcher, but it only hitting about 230 in two seasons with DC. The question remains is, all right, his contract's up. He's going to be free agent at the end of the world series. Do the nationals, look to maybe bring him back on another cheap deal and try to platoon him with another veteran catcher because yeah. he works so well with his pitching staff and just hope that he can stay healthy maybe by playing three days a week as opposed to five or six yeah. helps him stay healthy throughout the course of a season. Or do you just bite the bullet and move on and try to go get a big name free agent catcher? I think at this point you have to bite the bullet and move on. I think you have to acknowledge he wasn't what you expected. Whether I wouldn't say it was necessarily a mistake to sign him because they didn't have anybody else. You know, as we'll touch on later, the other guys be beyond him were not ready to be everyday catchers. But to give him twenty-one million over two years for a guy who hit two thirty, eighteen homers in just one hundred ninety-nine uh, games over two seasons—that's not what you wanted. I think it's a mistake uh, generally as a as a, a signing. You could say from some aspects. Um, so I think you move on from Matt Wieters at 32 years old. I think you need to get younger at the position. Don't you think Bobby? Yeah. And they've got some young pieces in. So my question was like, you have some young pieces in place, obviously, uh, Pedro Severino and Spencer Keyboom coming, you know, still in the waiting spent, uh, Severino was supposed to be the catcher of the future. He played a lot of time in the major and the minors this yeah. year just because he got demoted, wasn't performing at the plate, only hit 168 with the Nats this year. Yeah. And uh, Spencer Keyboom came up and hit 232. So obviously, Keyboom got a lot of playing time. But these two guys are still really young. And how. Well, Keyboom's 27. But he's just finished his rookie season. True. He's yeah, never in terms of experience f- right. wise. Yeah. Yeah. So do you, you know, and I, I don't think, I think the pitchers like throwing to those guys just as much. I love Pedro Severino's enthusiasm and his energy that he brings to every game, but yeah. that doesn't necessarily translate into yeah. numbers, yep. obviously. So do they go get a veteran catcher to kind of be a role model for these guys, or do you just let them ride it out? I don't think they're the Nationals are in position to compete, so I don't think – and the catcher position has been a question mark for a yeah. couple of years now, ever since Wilson Ramos got hurt at yep. the end of 2016. So I think you have to – if you're trying to get back into the NL East division race, you know, with the likes of the Phillies and the Braves, I think you have to go get a legit starting catcher that can yeah. give you 130 games a season and hit well above around 250 I and, and, and double-digit bombs. I completely agree. What Matt Wieters gave you for the last two years, I don't think is going to be enough for you, especially if you end up missing out on the Bryce Harper sweepstakes um, because I think you're going to need more production out of that catching spot and yes this 2018 team had a lot of issues with injuries and they had plenty of problems but you can't discount Matt Wieters role in that the fact that he did not play as many he did not even play 80 games couldn't even get a half a uh, season under his belt and the fact that when he did play he hit just 238 
just doesn't help. It doesn't help at all. So uh, I think you definitely have to upgrade at that position. The two guys that you talked about, Severino and Keyboom, I do want to touch on them quickly. Keyboom, 27 years old. Yep. So played just one game in 2017, ended up playing 52 games this season, hit 232. 322 on base and 320 slugging. Never a good sign when the slugging percentage is lower than the on base percentage. Yeah. Uh, so two homers and just 13 RBIs was throwing a lot, out a lot more guys at first or at uh, second base or third base. 41% caught stealing percentage. I think he's going to compete with Severino for that backup catching spot, and it will help that he can play first base as well. Yeah. Most of his numbers were on par with Severino in about 20 less games, except for his batting average was way higher. Yeah. So Keeboom is in position to maybe even snatch that backup slash starting role over Severino if Severino doesn't step it up next year. Yeah, and Severino needs vast improvement. I think this year we were really hoping, and he started out the season hitting pretty well. When Weedris was out at the beginning of the year, it looked like he might be able to, okay, maybe this is the catcher of the future. He, he didn't show you that. He really didn't. He, as you mentioned, that 168 batting average, just 254 on base, 247 slugging, two homers this season, 15 RBIs. And as we recall, one of those two homers was one that ended him, got him back in the minors because he flaunted it just a little right. bit too much for Davey Martinez's liking. At this point, I don't know if he – he definitely does not deserve that number two catcher spot. Um, and I think that they need to upgrade number one so that they can move Keyboom into the number two catcher spot and maybe even give Severino a little bit more time in the minors. And where does Rowdy Reed fit in all this equation? Yeah. Don't forget that name. He was suspended this year, 80 games for PED use, and um, in over 40 games – no, sorry – 53 games between mm-hmm. AA, Harrisburg, or AA yeah, Harrisburg and AAA Syracuse. Yep. He had about 279. So, you know, what does he fit in in the situation come spring training? Yeah, but just eight career games at the national at the major league level. That was back in 2017. Those 53 games, just three homers, 26 RBIs. But 279 is a whole lot better than what you got from the other two guys at the major league level. Also, he'll be 25 at the end of the month in yeah. October. So another young guy. Uh, not great behind the plate throughout just uh, 29% of would-be base dealers. So maybe defensively there's a little bit of a concern there. But I think the there's to me those numbers, the 279 average, screams that he should have been a September call-up. I'll bet it was just a service time manipulation type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really the only reason we didn't get to see him up at the major league level in September. I bet that he – I don't know if he necessarily starts – opening day with the national league, with the nationals with the major league club but i think he will get uh his fair shot at getting that backup or maybe even starting catching job next year right 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 well let's talk let's switch back to all right we know that they we've agreed that they need to go after a veteran presence yeah. behind the plate um names coming out there at free agency this year the two big ones are Yasmani Grandal, who's still playing right now with the Dodgers yep. and the NLCS, and then, of course, Wilson Ramos, the Buffalo, who Nationals fans will, of course, remember for his career year in 2016 that ended in a horrible injury late in the, in the last week of the season. Um, Grandal is on a, currently on a one-year, almost $8 million contract, $7.9 million with the Dodgers. He hit 241 this year, but also crushed 24 homers with 68 RBIs yeah. in 140 games. That's the kind of production I think we're looking for here in a starting catcher. Only issue with Grandal is 
he's going to be probably the top name on the market. A lot yeah. of teams are going to be looking at him this offseason. Definitely. With that power that you get from a catcher catching standpoint, that's that's rare. And obviously it works well with a really good pitching staff yeah. the Dodgers have. Exactly. And the question, I think, with the Dodgers, they're going to have a lot of decisions to make this offseason. They still have postseason to go but you know the whole the first and foremost is are you going to bring back Manny Machado are you going to bring back um uh Clayton Kershaw Clayton Kershaw as well so two big huge question marks right there but beyond that so maybe maybe if they do end up cutting huge checks for those two players maybe they don't have room in their uh in their budget to to fit in Yasmani Grandal so he I think would be a number one option right. definitely for this team. Another name I would actually look at is Kurt Suzuki. Somebody who actually spent time with the Nationals yeah, back yeah. in 2012 and 2013, uh, had a great career year really with the Braves uh, division rival um, really stepped up his game. He's 35 years old. So he's even older than Matt Wieters is. Uh, but this season he hit 271. power is not quite there. 12 homers, but hit 19 the season before wonder how much with a catcher especially that production is going to drop off so I would worry a little bit about him but Kurt Suzuki if you can get him for a a cheap price I think is another option to look at yeah and I know fans are going to want I mean that'd be a great story to have Wilson Ramos come back to DC I know fans are that's the fan favorite fans will love that story and want him to come back and yes finally fully recovered from that ACL tear in 2016 had a great offensive year another all-star nomination or election I should say uh, but he missed the game due to injury. And, you know, he hit 306 between uh, Tampa Bay and Philly. And then even with 33 games with Philly after he was traded, hit 337, yeah, yeah. which was amazing. He but was great. obviously the biggest question with the Buffalo is health. Can he stay healthy? And I think the Nationals know just a little too well that he has an injury history. And, yeah, he's great when he's playing, but how long can he sustain his health and perform and be out there for you. Exactly. It would be a great story to have him back, but uh, it might not be worth the risk. Exactly. Uh, and you may look at a younger team to try to sign him as, you know, more of a veteran presence. Like we saw why the Phillies went after him. Uh, so those are some of the names. Also, uh, Martin, Martin Maldon or Martin Maldonado, not Martin. Oh no, it is Martin. It is Martin. Yeah. Martin Maldonado. Right there. For, yeah. For the Astros. Uh, not kind of a slight hitter as well, and another veteran guys. Just about all of the veteran catchers on this list are thirty plus. Right. So they're probably not going to get a whole lot younger than the thirty-two that Matt Wieters is. Grandal will be thirty in November. That's probably about as young as we're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's those are some of the options as well. Internally, though, besides the names that we just mentioned, that's about it. Yeah. Rowdy Reed is, I think is the only guy really that has the highest upside to be a potential starting catcher. Yep. So I think they're probably going to have to look outside the organization. And we'll be remiss if we obviously didn't mention JT Real Manito, but that's been a storyline for over a year now. And Rizzo, Mike Rizzo has made it clear there. He's not going to match the Marlins asking price. The Marlins probably won't drop that price anytime soon. So, I think we can just kind of scratch that story and, and move For on from right there. For right now, yeah. The the reported asking price that we heard this season was they wanted either Victor Robles or Juan Soto, and the Nationals are absolutely not going to give up either one of those guys. Well, here's the thing, and as we go through these position evaluations, I guess, throughout this offseason, Paul, a lot of this, you know, the Price-Harper sweepstake is, yeah. has a major ripple effect, not just in yes. the free agency pool, but on the Nationals itself. So, you know... If he comes back, all right, where can they spend money elsewhere? If he doesn't come back, okay, well, that means if he does come back, okay, maybe 
Victor Robles is on the trade block. Right. Because now you've locked up Harper for years to come, and you're going to ride Soto in left field for years in, on his rookie contract. Where does Robles fall on that? So yeah. Bryce Harper's thing, and you know, we'll try not to mention it as much as possible, but it's hard not to because yeah. it's going to cause so many dominoes to fall once it, it happens. Yeah. And not just throughout all of baseball, but the, specifically the Nationals. And one quick thing on that also, I think it's going to be interesting to see because we talk about, you know, if Bryce Harper doesn't come back, yeah, they'll be fine in the outfield because they have Soto and Robles and Eaton. If Bryce Harper does come back, that gives them, if they want to trade Robles, if they want to trade Eaton, those are two huge trade chips. Michael A. Taylor, too. Exactly. Those are uh, three huge trade chips yeah. that I think that they can use to go out and get maybe a starting pitcher, maybe a catcher. Mm-hmm. So I think that'll be interesting to see as well. But obviously... We'll touch on the outfield when we get way there. down the line. Way yeah. down the line. Speaking down the line, let's move up the line, yeah. ninety feet towards first base. <laughs> oh, I like what you did. Um, now, obviously, the starting first baseman for twenty nineteen is set in stone. Ryan Zimmerman is returning for. I think with all the talk about Bryce Harper, people are underestimating this. Next year is his last full contract year. This is true. Uh, for Ryan Zimmerman, which is kind of be a little sad. He signed for $18 million next year, and the Nationals yep. do hold an $18 million option for 2020 or a $2 million buyout. So yep. a lot of pressure riding on Zimmerman next year. And the question is not can he be productive. We've seen him be productive when he's playing, yeah. but can he stay healthy and exactly. have a full season like he did in 2017? At 34 years old, we've seen how injuries have affected him already in his career. The fact that he had to move over as one of the better third basemen in baseball all the way over to first base, and now he's one of the better first basemen in all baseball, but he did play just 85 games last year. Various injuries, including an oblique strain that kept him out for a while. We obviously don't need to rehash all the stuff that happened with him not playing in a single spring training game, but it definitely affected him. He hit 264, 337 and uh, on base, and 486 slugging so he still showed signs of power 13 homers 51 rbis played a whole lot better in that second half of the season whole lot better started out very very cold uh and looked better throughout the the second half but bobby i'm with you one more year uh on on this contract and then the team option in 2020 this could be a make or break year as for whether the nationals want to keep ryan zimmerman to be a veteran leader on this team or if they want to get younger at first base. Right, and that we'll touch on that in a little bit. But, yeah, it's going to be – it's not going to be a question of – well, I guess it is production too, but can he stay out there for a lot of games? Yeah. You know, these 85 games were his second lowest in his career mm-hmm. um, since uh, 2014. So, you know, he, and to his credit, he hit – at the end of April, about 316 in the 15 games leading up to that oblique injury right. and a couple of home runs. So, you know, yes, a slow start. Obviously, the big storyline, he was only playing in minor league games in spring training. David Martinez already addressed that at the end of this season, saying yep. he wants him to play in more big league games next spring. Um, and then once he did come back after the All-Star break, he finished pretty strong. And um, so 52 games after the break, hit 295, eight home runs with a 9-11 OPS. Yeah. So Zimmerman... When out there is productive, obviously, and and helps his team, and of course a fan favorite, you know the first draft pick they've ever made. So the question at first base isn't after Zimmerman isn't the starter; it's kind of the reverse of the catching position. It's the backup, yep. you know, because they had Matt Adams this year, traded him to St. Louis after he was great for them as a backup. You remember, everyone remembers Adam Lind in 2017 as a great backup first baseman. He's gone. He didn't even appear in the majors this yeah, season. That was one of the weirder, untalked about stories. Right, and then um, Mark Reynolds came in after Matt Adams and was basically the backup first baseman 
Uh, he hit 248 in 86 games. So where do the Nationals find backup spot? You know, do they bring Mark Reynolds back? Do they go out and try to get another? They've hit. They've basically been two for two in the past two years in terms of a backup first baseman, power lefty hitters. Yeah. Do they go out and find another one? Can Mike Rizzo make a three for three? Exactly. Uh, and Matt Adams was very good, as we know, for the Nationals this year before he ended up getting hurt and then was getting traded. And he said after he pl- went to the Cardinals that he would be willing to come back to yeah. this team. Uh, he, there were no bridges burned there nope. after that trade. Clearly a business move, and he understood that. Exactly. And the fact that he is a, a lefty, I think, is uh, huge as well yeah. as to whether he could return here. The thing is, you're, you're getting very <laughs> old players at first base. Matt Adams would be the youngest guy there. He's 30 years old. Uh, Mark Reynolds, I think, was fine for the next this year. He was kind of the righty option to the lefty uh, that was Matt Adams. Reynolds the, signed that one-year, $1 million contract. I think a pretty good pretty good swing and, uh, by, uh, by Mike Rizzo there yeah. to pick him up at yep. $1 million. He hit 248, 328 on base, 476 slugging, 13 homers, 40 RBIs in 86 games. Obviously struggles defensively. Uh, but uh, I, I don't I don't see the team bringing him back necessarily, but a, another cheap deal, another one-year contract, maybe they will. Maybe a full spring training under the belt, too, helps him kind of yeah. start the season off right. If the Nationals were to get younger, there are problem a couple names in the minor league system that they have. problem is they're not as deep as they are in the outfielder, no. as they are in pitching. Yeah. Um, well, with first baseman, I mean that's that's I that's think, a thing across baseball. Yes, yeah. I understand that. But you know, there's there's no one waiting in the like because again, yeah. Ryan Zimmerman ending his not only his career but right. his tenure with the Nationals coming up. It's sooner rather than later. Yeah. So who's going to be your long term first baseman exactly. coming up? And obviously, you don't go out and like draft first baseman or right. you know you don't breed first baseman. They just kind of They're formulate you, exactly because a lot of times there are guys who start out like Ryan Zimmerman at other positions. And eventually can't play those other positions because of injuries or age or whatever, and they end up getting half have to move to first base because their right. bat is still potent. So the names that probably will jump out to Nationals fans to keep an eye on will be Jose Marmolejos mm-hmm. and Drew Ward. Uh, Marmolejos is an is an outfielder, um, but apparently his outfield speed, below average speed, does not suit well in the big leagues or won't suit well in the big leagues. And obviously there's a surplus of outfielders, so they have been throwing him at first base where he seems better suited. Uh, prospects are, sorry, scouts are saying that he prospects better at first base. Um, he played about, hold on, I have it right here, one second. He played 73 games at first base at AAA Syracuse this year and hit about 266 okay. throughout the year. So not too bad. He's only 25. So how far away is he from the major leagues? And also right. Drew Ward is one of their top third baseman prospects. He's only played first base a handful of times. So, you know, there's not like a young guy waiting in the in the wings for Zimmerman to leave and them to step up. So yeah. you're going to have to go out and probably find a backup slash first baseman for the future via free agency or trade. And free agency-wise, there aren't a whole lot of names that jump out at you. Guys that are mostly 35-36 in terms of Steve Pierce playing and having a great year for the Boston Red Sox this year. Joe Maurer, 
who was a great player for the Twins, and his production has kind of fallen off as well. Beyond that, Lucas Duda, Hanley Ramirez, who apparently has moved over to first base, so nothing really intrigues you. Yeah, no, no. So best thing hoping for the Nationals is you get a strong 2019 out of Zim. Yep. You go out, get a serviceable, serviceable backup for a good price, um, and then hope Zim – you pay him in his he pay him his option for 2020, yep. and then from there maybe these younger guys have proven, given two more years, can prove and can step up in 2021 and, and beyond to be a, an everyday first baseman. And I think an option that we're not even talking about is Howie Kendrick, who is still under contract for next People year. People forget about Howie Kendrick. People <laughs> forget about Howie Kendrick at just about every position. I think we'll save the full Howie Kendrick discussion for another position because he only played two games at first base. But if you know, we talk about the free agency being a domino effect if Bryce Harper comes back and how he's not needed in the outfield and maybe they sign a second baseman so he's not needed at second base. He could be a very serviceable, very good backup first baseman as well. How he can play just about any position. That's the beauty of a utility player like that and yeah. not just a utility player, but an experienced utility exactly. player guy who's been there, done that at pretty much every single position. Yeah, so Howie will be an interesting guy to watch as well. Thank God they honestly have him under contract for another year. Yeah. For a cheap price, too. I think it's only $7 million contracts. And I think, I mean, not to that. dwell too much into the, we said we'll talk about it, but how much how, how much of a difference would have Howie Kendrick made this year had he played yeah. all season, you know, playing throughout the, giving guys all days off, maybe yeah. giving Murph days off and being serviceable out there. Um could have been a little bit different how i'm not saying how it gets into the playoffs obviously yeah. but things might have turned out a little bit different or better had he played the whole season but but, but we but. might not have ever seen juan soto or we might not have seen him until september and that's true because howie kendrick's injury was really what spurred juan soto getting called up from double a yeah everything happens for a reason paul this is true everything even the nats me. missing the playoffs yeah but yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, ah. Ah. <laughs> yeah so those are the the two positions i think General consensus is catcher. Need a starter. Need a starter. Go out and sign somebody in free agency. And first base, see what you get out of Zim. It's a make or break year. Yep, absolutely. And and we'll be breaking down all the positions throughout this uh, offseason, maybe coming up. We'll do the middle of the infield, second and shortstop, moving along counterclockwise. Not really number-wise, because obviously we didn't start pitchers, but kind yep. of just moving Long, like as if you're running the bases, <laughs> kind of a long. Yeah. Do the middle infield, we'll do the <laughs> third base, and then yeah. outfield and the pitchers coming up. So just make sure you keep an eye out for that. Paul Mancano, at Paul Mancano on Twitter. Bobby underscore Blanco for me on Twitter. We will catch you next time on the Mass on All Access podcast. 